another episode of the Fanboy MMA Podcast Daily Show. This is Tuesday, May 5th edition, the Cinco de Mayo edition. Folks, we're just three days away from weigh-ins and four days away from actual face punching. UFC 249 is taking place in four fucking days. That's it. Four days. It's officially fight week. We're very close to seeing fights, folks. Very, very close. This is exciting times for us right now. Just a few more sleeps, y'all. Hang in there. All right, so let's get to the news of the day, fanboys and fangirls of MMA. Um, first first up, Ariel Hawani reported today that featherweight title fight between uh, champion Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer has officially been set for June 6th. Remember, uh, this fight was first made. When this fight was first made, it was going to be on this weekend's UFC 249 card, but Amanda Nunes came out and said she wouldn't fight on the card due to not having a full fight camp, um, which is totally okay because she's the champion. She's the best female fighter ever. Um, And to be honest, if a fighter is uncomfortable fighting, during these difficult times right now because of lack of training. I mean, can we really say anything bad about it? Uh, It is unknown at this time if Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer will be the main event. I would assume that it will be because um, there aren't a lot of champions that are willing to fight right now or that can fight right now due to not being in the United States. Uh, Both Nunes and Spencer train in Florida and the events so far are are in Jacksonville, Florida. So it makes complete sense that this championship fight with the best female fighter ever is the main event. And to be honest, I'm okay with this fight being the main event. Amanda Nunes deserves to be the main event on the UFC pay-per-view card or not. She is the best female fighter ever. She deserves all the respect that she gets. All of it. She's a double champion right now in MMA's top promotion. Okay with Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer headlining a, a UFC card. I'm okay with it. And y'all should be too. Okay, so apparently Usada is now ma- mailing out do-it-yourself t- test kits uh, to fighters. Eric Anders posted a picture of a big, big box filled with Usada test kits along with a caption, in quotes, USADA sending do-it-yourself drug tests. What the fuck? End quote. So, that's kind of weird, right? Um, I guess it's great that they're putting trust in the fighters. I guess? I mean, why not? At this point, they're not going to send out people to randomly drug test people right now fighters right now I mean um, 
I think it's just weird that we're the time that we're in now you know it's just it's a very weird time so we kind of got to get used to the new for now um will we see fighters take advantage of this i don't know um will we see a jacked up john jones a pico graham john jones I doubt it. I mean, it's not like he can have one of his brothers piss in the cup for him and send it off to Usada and it come back clean because it's not his piss that is tainted. It's, that's not the way it's going to work. I'm sure that Usada has their science, you know, their to differentiate. John Jones piss from somebody else's. Um, I think maybe we will see a fighter or two later down the line try to take advantage. I don't know. Um, but can you imagine like a guy like a, a guy already like massive like Paulo Costa? Costa? Passing a one of these do-it-yourself Usada drug tests, but actually, like if he took something, going into a fight with Israel Adesanya on something, winning the fight, and then it being known later on that to Usada that Polo Costa uh, was t- was um, tainted. And the UFC now has to act on Costa. Like, can you imagine if that actually happens? That's going to be fucking a massive hit to not only the fighter, fighter's reputation, but to Sada and to the UFC's reputation. I, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of fighters all of a sudden getting on the shit fighting on the shit and then the UFC and whoever else having to put an asterisk next to their their win because it's later known that they failed the test I don't know I just don't see it happening like that um I think that Usada is an incredibly smart organization. I think there's, I do believe in their science. I don't believe in some things that they do. Um, I think there's probably better options out there than Usada, or there can be better options than Usada, but. I don't know. What are you going to do at this point? What are we, The fighters are going to fight, right? Let them fight. It's up to the fighters to be honest or not to be honest right now. Um, okay, so UFC 251 was originally scheduled to take place in Perth, Australia on June 7th. That is no longer happening due to current restrictions on public gatherings 
and travel in Australia. This might be the first UFC card that we see on Fight Island. Remember Fight Island? Uh, Dana White spoke about it, you know, got everybody hyped and shit. Um, depending on how far along Fight Island is, I suppose, UFC uh, 251 might be on Fight Island. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see ha- what happens with that. And there's actually more. I'll talk a little bit more about UFC Fight Island uh, in a little bit. Okay, so Russian media is reporting that Habib Nurmagomedov's father, Abdulmanap, has been moved to a hospital in Moscow with a suspected heart problem. Um, Remember, he was originally admitted to a hospital due to pneumonia and influenza. There were rumors that it could have been the coronavirus. I think that there have been like 1,500 deaths in in Russia uh, due to the coronavirus now. Um, so Habib's father, apparently, he, he was admitted to the hospital for pneumonia and influenza. Um, he got... He was feeling a little bit better, and then all of a sudden it got worse. So he got moved to a hospital in Moscow. Um, so prayers up for Habib's father and Habib and his family, of course. Um, hopefully, Habib's father uh, pulls out of this and he's back to training with training Habib uh, soon. You know, the fight game is isn't the most important thing right now I don't think for for Habib especially with his father uh, in the hospital and not feeling not doing great and heart problems are a big issue I mean the heart it's the heart so prayers to Habib and his family and his father of course okay so um, remember yesterday I talked about how former champion Daniel Cormier called out uh, heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic to fight. Um, well, the champ responded and is down for the fight, but under the right conditions. The right conditions for the champ, Stipe Miocic, are a full training camp. Miocic said that he doesn't have a cage or training partners right now because his home state of Ohio is on shutdown. Like a lot of states right now, right? Due to the coronavirus. Miocic also said that there's no way he will fight in August like Daniel Cormier wants. It will have to be in the fall once things hopefully clear up and he can get a full training camp in. So it seems both Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier are down for the fight. They're just really a few months apart from each other. Daniel Cormier wants to fight in August. Uh, Stipe Miocic said that he wants to fight in the fall. August is the end of the summertime. Uh, Fall is October-ish. August, September, October. That's only two, three months apart from each other, probably more like two. Um, 
I get where Stevie Mitchich is coming from. I've said it all along about the same thing with Amanda Nunes. Training camps are absolutely needed for fights, especially when you're a champion. You're fighting the best of the best. And in Stipe's case, this would be a third time fighting Daniel Cormier. He doesn't want to lose to Daniel Cormier twice. He wants to have a 2 and one record against one of the best ever in Daniel Cormier, rather than have a 1-2 record against Daniel Cormier. And the same for Daniel Cormier. He wants a 2 and one record against Stipe Miocic, rather than a 1-2 and two record. Um, remember, Stipe Miocic is the one that's coming off of the win. Daniel Cormier won the first fight. Stipe Miocic won the second fight. Um, he's been out of action because he had surgery on his eye. So, yeah, I totally get where Stipe Miocic is coming from. Totally understand. Um, this is just one of those fights I want to see, man. Um, more, maybe more than any other fight, other than Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov. But I have so many doubts in my mind about that fight now actually ever happening that I might be able to move on from that fight. A third, a trilogy fight between C.B. Miocic and Daniel Cormier would be fucking amazing. Would be amazing. Almost orgasmic right now. Like, think just thinking about a third fight between them. There's a true rivalry. This is a true rivalry in MMA that built organically in fights. It wasn't some... It wasn't some built-up UFC trying to push these fighters to hate each other type of thing, you know, like the John Jones and Daniel Cormier thing, you know, where it was kind of built up with the media and the UFC and stuff. But I do, although I do think that those two actually do hate each other. This is really two of the best heavyweights ever just wanting to fight each other for a third time. I have immense respect for both of these champions of the sport. And don't you think it would be so fitting to see these two get their trilogy in and quite possibly call it a career? Fighting each other? Or not. And we can see one of them one of them fight John Jones. I mean, Jones has been fucking talking about going up to heavyweight for forever now. Um, maybe John Jones will fight the winner of this fight between C.P. Miocic and Daniel Cormier. The first fight with uh, Miocic or a third fight with Daniel Cormier. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. We'll see how this works out. Okay, so... I totally missed this yesterday and I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't for whatever reason. Um, I think that Algermain Sterling uh, deserves deserves more respect than what he, he what, than what he's getting. He's being 
totally dismissed. You know, people were talking about Peter Yan being, you know, the next big the next big thing and stuff. Ultimate Sterling is he's a legit contender. I like him as a fighter. I like him. He's cool. I like him as a person. You know, he's I don't know. I just think that he's kind of getting overshadowed by you know first Jose Aldo of course getting the title fight and then now Dominic Cruz now people are talking about Peter Yan getting a title fight what about Aljamain Sterling he needs a fight and I think that it should be for the title but he's not fighting for the title right now obviously Dominic Cruz is um so I think that he should get a, a number one contenders fight against either Peter Yan or, or Corey Sandhagen. Fuck it. Okay, so this is the Dana White portion of the show. There's a few few different things on Dana White right now. Um, of course, it's UFC 249. He's going to be out. He's going to be out talking to reporters in the media and stuff because he wants UFC 249 to go off you know with the hit as with the hit he wants to get his the UFC out there he wants people to know that UFC is happening this Saturday um, and he knows that people are yearning for sports any kind of sport really I mean shit last night I watched Korean baseball for the first time I was delighted to find it on my TV I was so happy to find it on TV. I've never watched Korean baseball in my life. I enjoyed it. I think that's what UFC is and Dana White are going for by putting on fights right now. There's not a whole lot going on. NASCAR is supposed to come back on the 17th of May, I think. Um, professional bull riding is is back without any fans in attendance um esports of course is going on but it's not really sport um and golf is supposed to come back with with time i think uh and i'm missing something what am i missing what am i missing Okay, I don't know. Damn it. All right, so I think that Dana White is just trying to get the UFC out there right now. He wants people to know that they're back. There's there's sports on. There's live sports. It's fighting. It's going to be on ESPN and then the pay-per-view, of course. So, Dana White talked a little bit about Fight Island and how it's not going to be the way that we envision it. Um, He did an interview with Sports Illustrated and he said that about Fight Island, he said that it's it's not going to be the Mortal Kombat It's not going to be the Mortal Kombat 
uh, type thing that we all think that it's going to be. This is a quote from Dana White. The infrastructure is being put in now. This place is literally going to be a UFC fight island. Just like our training facility in Las Vegas with the UFC Apex next door that can host concerts, comedy, stuff like that. That's what we're doing on the island. We're designing and building it for people to come in and train with rooms and things like that. The whole island will be laid out just for fighting. So there's going to be rooms on this fight island. What kind of rooms? Locker rooms or fucking hotel rooms? Rooms for these fighters and coaches and staff to to stay in. Everybody has this image in their mind of Fight Island. Like something out of a video game. That's exactly what I envision. Some Mortal Kombat shit. Then fighting in a fucking dungeon. Or on an island with the beach. With palm trees. It will be a lot more modern than that. There won't be tiki torches or any of that shit. Tiki torches? I don't want tiki torches. We're going to use it a lot until the world gets normal again. We're going to need it for our international fights. A place where people can fly in, in and out easily without needing a bunch of visas and red tape. So, from the jump, Dana White talked about Fight Island being for international fights. He talked about the island being a straight up infrastructure like the UFC Apex and the Performance Institute in Las Vegas. I dig it. I'm excited. Fight Island gets me excited. It's just something else that the UFC is doing that is just I mean Dana White and the UFC they're although they're it's fighting obviously it's MMA they're fighting they're a business they have these ideas and they go through with them that's why the UFC is the top promotion of in MMA you don't see Bellator building an any kind of apex and holding fights so so Dana White was asked in the same Sports Illustrated article why come back now Dana White said I love the fact that these guys in Jacksonville have been so receptive and helpful Instead of fighting us, they worked with us and figured out how we could pull it off safely. This is what I love about Dana White. Somebody has to be first, right? Eventually, you can't just hide forever. Who gets to determine how long we go without sports? It's really a weird situation in a weird time, which is absolutely true. It's so weird right now. And you gotta love Dana White for being for wanting to be first for wanting to put his fights out there remember a few weeks ago we would have had a the UFC 249 card but it got there were so many obstacles in between it just didn't go off but now 
this week in four fucking days we get UFC 249 folks so this is he was asked why you on being first it's not even oh I have to be the first one I didn't want to stop putting fights putting on events at all I wanted to keep right on going we'll figure this thing out if the, if this thing is that deadly it's gonna get us no matter where we hide or what we do that's about the coronavirus all the rules and all the plans I actually found it fun figuring out I like chaos man I like trying to figure out things I'm into this shit I'm a weirdo see Dana White knows who he is he is a weirdo he's a fight fan he's a businessman he wants to put fights on for his business for the fighters and for the fans and he's okay with all of that he's okay he admits he's a weirdo so he was asked you saw it as a challenge I like the challenge I like figuring out the puzzle every day we'd come to work and go all right that's all changed let's try this I felt like we didn't need to stop at all if I could have figured out the fight we were supposed to do a little sooner we could have kept this thing rolling the whole time and done it safely let's put it this way I know a lot more than you know about what's going on with a lot of things I guess that means the health and safety precautions and all that I mean he's close to Trump so maybe he talks to Trump about things I don't know we could have gone straight through without stopping and kept everybody safe I'm not sure that that is true but hey you take you take what you get from Dana White So people call him reckless, right? Dana White, reckless. He, he was asked, do you feel like you've been mischaracterized as some sort of COVID-19 denier? 100%, absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'm always painted as, corporate greed. I'm a fucking money monger. I'm this and that. I'm like, do you fucking people understand that I don't have to do this? I could have fucking retired five years ago. I'm not doing this because I need the money. I haven't laid off one employee. And he hasn't. Everybody is getting paid. Fighters that were supposed to fight, if they didn't get their fight, they're getting some money too. It isn't like we're about to go bankrupt over here. And if I don't pull off this shit, this fight on May 9th, we're fucked. So Dana White is he knows, you know, what people say about him as far as being a businessman, a tomato because of his skin, he turning bright wet red when he gets pissed off or embarrassed or whatever. He, he is very like he knows what people are saying about him. 
it's actually refreshing to see from from somebody so high up in in business you know to be honest so he was he was asked about the fight island of course and then what precautions have you put in place for this next event at UFC 249? I don't want to die. I don't have a fucking death wish. I'm not out there trying to kill myself. And I don't want to kill any of my employees or their families. It's not like we're running around with no plan. The thing is, let's find solutions. How do we get back as close to normal as we could possibly get? A 15,000 or 20,000 seat arena with no fans isn't normal. A lot of things aren't normal going into this event, but we're trying to figure out how to make it as safe as possible. Let me put it this way. We're going to go so overboard making sure everybody's healthy and safe that I just don't see how we can possibly fuck this up. And I'm hoping that they don't, obviously. My fighters and my employees have been told, if you're not comfortable coming back to work, you don't have to. It's not like we're in some dire financial situation. Like, that's what why I'm pushing this. So, it's funny. He was asked, um, some leagues have said they might pipe in crowd noise. Would you do that? We're still going to play music. I'm still bringing in AL3, our DJ, for the event. But there will be no fans and no crowd noise. I thought about pumping in crowd noise. What if we did like a virtual crowd? I thought of all this shit. Then I'm like, eh, stop it. I would lose some authenticity. It would lose some authenticity. I don't want it to be like one of those old sitcoms with a laugh track. And I, I think that's true. As a fight fan, I want to hear the corners. I want to hear the, the fighters breathing. I want to hear the referee. I want to hear all the kicks, the, the noise from the kicks, the noise from the punch, the punching. I want to hear all that. I don't don't really care about fake crowd noise. So Dana White is really like honest right he was asked or he he wasn't maybe he was yeah I think he I think he came out on um, UFC un, the unfiltered UFC unfiltered podcast um, and you know Bob Aram boxing promoter the old man Bob Aram uh, take shots at Dana White for whatever reason they got a beef going on um, and they have for years right so and they despise each other this is Dana White on Bob Arum I think by now everyone realizes that Bob Bob Arum is a dickhead this guy's been talking shit about the UFC and me for 20 years so that beef has been going on for 20 years he's a fucking bankrupt he's fucking bankrupt this guy you don't want to put fights on you can't afford to put any fights on you fucking jack off 
I love it when Dana White gets all heated and like starts calling people fucking names like Jack off and shit. It's so funny. I mean, it's childish, but it's hilarious. You've complete, you've completely been in this thing your whole life, and completely destroyed the business and the sport. He's talking about boxing. Congra- congratulations, Bob Arum. You're brilliant. So, that feud between two of the two of combat sports' biggest promoters is still very much alive 20 years later. Um, Bob Arum is an old, older man now. Dana White is middle-aged. And they're still going back and forth. I think it's hilarious. I'm into it. I mean, just like I was the, the beef with uh, Oscar De La Hoya with Dana White. Dana White is a lot of things, but he's also honest. And you can't knock the guy for being too honest sometimes. You know, calling calling Bob Arum a jack-off, eh, that's actually pretty funny, right? Like, who doesn't want to hear an, a man call another man a jack-off? Shit's funny. Those are the quotes that make it make life funny man like there's just too much going on right now in the world to be pissed off all the time I like funny shit I like to laugh Dana White makes me laugh he's you know he's a moron sometimes he says some crazy shit he admits that he's a fucking weirdo he just said it he's a fucking weirdo I like that weirdo. I like him for being so fucking honest, brutally honest and weird and just a dickhead. I dig it, man. I dig it. But maybe that's me not being a soft person. I can take criticism. I can take heat. Maybe it's just things that he's been in in life I've been in life that brings us you know my mentality closer to his mentality on some things I don't know he's definitely the right Dana White is definitely the right person for the job right now and always has been with the UFC since he's taken over like him hate him love him whatever The one thing you can't take from Dana White is that he has built the UFC into what it is right now. The global leader in combat sports. That's why I'm talking about him during a podcast. Because he's putting quotes out there. He's the one talking about UFC 249. It's not some press person from the UFC, some PR agent, a marketer marketing person from the UFC it's the president of the United of not the United States the president of the UFC that's out there doing interviews getting people ready for fights finally fights in four days 
Okay. And that's a wrap on today's Fanboy MMA Podcast Daily Show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I also hope that you all are staying safe and healthy. And hang in there, fanboys and fangirls of MMA. We're one day closer to the fights. Just a few more sleeps. And we're there. Peace, y'all. Stay safe.